Welcome to Being Olivia, the podcast that promotes holistic wellness for women of color. Follow along as we explore our identities, take in the world around us, and create our own wellness journey. This podcast is powered by J. Olive LLC. Please be advised the content of this series should not substitute seeking professional care, advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We welcome your host, Jasmine Brooks. So welcome back to being Olivia. Uh, Everything has just been happening around me. So I'm always glad to be back to share the next episode of my healing journey and kind of where it all started. So if you haven't been listening, uh, getting a clue that things have kind of changed and shifted with being Olivia, more talking about this concept, this nebulous of starting a healing journey as a woman of color and sharing just my experience around it. I'm still living in it. Um, And just, you know, unpacking some of it with you all to hopefully get you to have some ideas about what you are wanting to do around a healing journey that you're wanting to start. Uh, So last episode, we talked about how do you know when you're ready? Um, And that was just a really deep discussion. I probably felt like I missed some things, but um, thank you for bearing with me. So the next episode today, we are talking about when you're ready, but everything else isn't. Um, and how actual factual is that, that nothing else uh, is ever ready for you to love on yourself, to be for yourself. Um, and that's the terrible reality of being a one, woman of color is that we um, are not given the grace and the room to heal ourselves uh, because we are supposed to Um, be here and heal others. And that's not acceptable and that's not appropriate in any way, shape or form. Um, I know that there are some identities I don't I don't hold, such as being a mom or having to take care of a family member, things that aren't necessarily um, you being able to walk away. So I recognize as I'm talking about these things, Uh, that I'm coming from a privileged space. And so I hope that you can get something from this uh, to kind of help you understand what you can do. Um, But again, I wanted to just be mindful for folks that um, my level of expectation probably is not um, the same as the, you know, the next queen. So when I think about, um, again, I'm thinking everything else isn't ready. Uh, life, life, uh, responsibilities, um, roles, expectations, those that are um, pretty much it, right? Uh, things that we just aren't able to step away from, whether it is something we feel we can't step away from or something that was told to us in so many different ways, um, either directly or indirectly, that we can't step away from. And so, What does that mean? Um, What does that mean? How do we heal while we're trying to do that? So um, let's get into um, stressors of the week. I haven't done that in a while and pretty much haven't probably shared where I am right now in my world. So let's get into that first. Okay, 
So, stressors of the week or a few weeks. I can't even remember when the last time I recorded an episode. But so much has happened. Over the summer, I was able to travel. I uh, went to Louisville and Nashville for the first time. Um, and it was a really eye-opening experience. First, to learn around, uh, learn about sexual health and the framework of spirituality and kind of just understanding what the intersections of like sexual health, sexuality, understanding all that, again, uh, processing needs, understanding, and like package that for middle school and high schoolers. Because unfortunately, that's the reality of our college students and where they're at and understanding their own um, sexual health, sexuality, just those basic knowledge that you hope they would have by 18. They don't. Uh, and then the other part of my summer was um, starting to serve on the boards of our Pan-African network and our multi multiracial network. And that's been a challenging space because I'm around a lot of folks in academia. I'm around a lot of folks who have been doing student affairs for a number of years. And so uh, working in higher ed, uh, I thought the best challenge for me was to start giving back. And it has been amazing. It has been challenging in a good way because it's caused me to rethink how I see the work when thinking about equity inclusion as a whole and what does it mean to create space to be intentional and like operate out of that and it not just be a conversation. So having to also work with people who aren't sitting in front of me every day, who are in completely different parts of the country, who share different perspectives, ethnic and racial uh, identities, spiritualities, like it's just been amazing to be around these folks uh, and, you know, them being an encouragement through my whole process of starting on the board to now. Uh, the downside of my summer, I just recently lost my granny. And so that's been its own trial of understanding grief and how I process it. So just had a phone call with our um, board members and uh, someone else had experienced a significant loss and they were sharing their story around where they were. And I resonated with uh, the statement of how the how in which they're processing grief is understanding how you're feeling, what you're feeling and what's real. And I said, yeah, that 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 is pretty much the sum of it. I feel like I'm living more in feeling than understanding what's real. Um, because I feel like I go through waves in the, in, you know, throughout the day, uh, wanting to cry, wanting to be happy, just being very confused about how to describe my emotions to others, how to communicate, feeling like I need to be isolated, probably needing to be isolated and, and still uh, being around folks. Like I just really don't know how to exist. And so, that's been its own challenge. And I think the other part of my summer um, that uh, had started way, way prior to um, last year, even uh, in realizing that part of my healing journey is trying to move myself out of my job. My job uh, is solely working to get campus to feel empowered to step into situations that could be harmful to another or a group of people. And so that could be addressing issues that would lead up to sexual violence, relationship violence, stalking, harassment, anything you can think of that you 
would hope someone would step in on another person's behalf. And I took the job, was really excited, did some great things, trained a lot of people, met a lot of people, hosted great programs and events. It has been the most amazing experience of my life to be able to support a campus of 40,000 plus people uh, and getting them to see that they do have power, that they can stand up and, and um, you know, be someone that someone needs uh, in the moment that they could be experiencing something that they weren't ready for, that we can prevent something from happening to another person. That is powerful. And so to be able to work um, at this institution that I am in um, and do that was great. I think it, there was a point last year that I realized that this wasn't sustainable for me emotionally, mentally, physically, just started to feel really small and lonely and having tons of nightmares. I would be giving lectures in my sleep and my partner would have to wake me up. I wasn't able to sleep. I was, wasn't eating properly. Again, just feeling like I was heading towards a cliff. And then I stood at the cliff this summer and said, I have to make a choice. I either need to leave my job or stay in it. Um, and realizing that I have all these responsibilities at the same time, like I can't just leave my job for another. I am making good money um, to help provide for our home. And I don't, I didn't see a, a way out of that. And so I was really hoping um, that there was something that would come along. And it did. It did. The job that I got that I'll start October 1st uh, is, is work that I've been wanting to do since I started higher ed. Uh, equity inclusion work, uh, focusing on our um, folks who need ADA support compliance, thinking about the, the campus and then beyond the campus. Um, I just am super excited to be able to do all of this work um, and finally be able to, you know, also have my evenings, have my time to heal, not have to work out of my trauma. Um, this is going to be a really great experience for me also too, because I get to be supervised by a woman of color, a black woman like me that I look up to that's been doing great things um, just in her, in her lifespan. So I'm just thoroughly excited. Um, and, and part of me doesn't want to share that, doesn't want to share my next journey because a lot of what I've realized is from my inception, you know, my parents made a choice to have me um, because they didn't want to be poor anymore. They always told me the same story that, you know, my dad and my mom made the choice to not take birth control that uh, that entire week and said, we're going to have a baby because God would not allow us to be poor if we had a baby. And so realizing that my life has been this trend of helping people out of their own issue is something that I have to gripe with. I have to wrestle with. And how do I still get something out of that, right? How do I still um, not feel like I have to do that in spite of what I need? And so part of me not sharing with the world, uh, I mean, I kind of am right now, but like not posting on social media is for me to have both. For me to 
have the the narrative that I'm about to still help people out of their junk, right? Out of the, the mess that the world creates for them, but then at the same time, be able to reward myself. And so um, me not sharing it is allowing myself to reward myself. Because when I share it, I hear the great job this is good. This is awesome. You deserve it, blah, blah. And then I immediately shut down and say, I don't deserve it. I didn't work for it. It's not me. I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it, not doing it for the glory. Like I am not sharing it on purpose because I want to sit in the idea that I got here. I did this and I deserve it. And so that's been my my past few weeks of trying to unpack all of that <laughs> at the same time um, and then heading to a new transition of a new job. So that is, I wouldn't call my stressor, but that that's my luggage for the past few weeks uh, that I've been kind of gone and out and back in with you all. So um, I don't know what you kind of took from that. I hope you took something, but I think that helps lead us into the session today and thinking about when you're ready. Excuse me. I'm like over here burping. Um, <laughs> think about when you're ready and everything isn't. So let's get started. All right. We have a lot of stuff to cover and I am really trying my hardest to keep all of this under 30 minutes <laughs> because I know y'all got stuff to do. Um, and so when you're ready, but everything else isn't. So there's some things that have been rallying in my brain about the fact that life just keeps going regardless of whether you're in pain or not, right? I think we can all get on the same page about that. That shit just doesn't stop. Most of the time, we can't walk away from our stuff too, right? Like we're thinking about the, the spectrum itself of, of something along the lines of having to take care of family, children, um, parents, loved ones, um, to having nothing to do, not having a lot of, you know, you know, load to carry. And so we are all living on that. And sometimes that stuff comes up uh, in random moments, like maybe right now you're not having to deal with it, but in the future, that's something you're having to take into consideration. So because all that exists, I want to put that out there. I also want to put out there that I'm working from a privileged space of not having to have responsibilities such as children or having to care for a loved one. Um, but there is a piece of me um, that still needs to think about, I'm at the age where I will um, be starting to look at having children. And so if anything, that timeline still impacts, you know, my readiness and my willingness to operate and, and go through this journey and not feel like I have to go through as quickly as possible, possible but Thinking about the fact that, too, I want to be at a certain place before I start that because I already have a lot of stresses on my body. Um, I think also, too, the fact that I have health concerns that I don't want to, you know, make worse. And so a lot of times that is something I'm having to think about. So to give you that type of context for where I'm starting from, I hope that that gives you a better frame. So um, something I was thinking about and trying to go back to the time when I started all of this uh, about four years ago is um, thinking about how misunderstood I felt. I felt like I needed to be in control, but at the time it didn't feel like it was meaning to be in control. It felt like I was being misunderstood. The times when I felt upset, unheard, uh, dis, uh, not valued, all of those things felt 
real for me. And as I think about starting my healing journey again four years ago, a lot of it was to have folks understand where I was and what room they needed to give me. Now, as a woman of color, as a black woman, a very white space, there was no way for me to be able to successfully do that. Um, I had to be mindful of my lash outs. I had to be mindful about my tone. I had to be mindful of when I sent an email, when I was in a meeting, what I needed to do to kind of shove those things down in the interim until I can pick them back up later that day or in counseling, right? So um, that that in itself felt like the top. I'll come back to that in a minute. But again, that, that first piece was feeling misunderstood. That second piece that I think about in starting um, that gets us to not want to do something is that balancing responsibilities. Now, me being able to go to counseling once a week, um, that was supported by my office. They allowed me to leave. I also had, you know, um, sick time to where I can use it based off of my needs. And so again, that privileged space, but recognizing that I had that opportunity to do it, I still felt like there was an unevenness. Um, and so I had to find when during the week was the best time to even go and unload these things because I realized that I would unload these things in the middle of the day and I'd be good to no one afterwards. <laughs> I would feel like crap. I would some days walk out of counseling and feel relieved and then immediately I would start to re-unpack all the conversation I had. Feel like I had to re-unload it um, in my own head. And I'm such a reflector to the point to where I just wear myself out. And so um, with my responsibilities of, you know, some days in the week, some months in the year, there was high responsibility. There were things that were, you know, uh, expected of me to do at higher rates, quicker, faster, more efficient, all of those things trying to go to counseling, trying to think about this stuff, trying to do the homework is very difficult. And a lot of folks definitely um, say that they can't do this because they have so many other priorities that they need to get done. Um, and I understand that. I respect that. I am with you. I still feel that way. That doesn't change. Do I have a perfect science to it? No, but I think at the same time, something to be mindful of is, is your mental health, why is your mental health um, and the, the, the sanctity of it, the need to address it, not a priority? If you know that part of it is that it's going to seep into other parts of your life and your work, whether it's relationships you have to your, your progress and your, your work, um, your job, all these other responsibilities of that, if your mental health is going to impact it, then why is that not your top priority? Why is that not something you feel um, is is e equal to or if more um, of, of importance and compared to what else is in your life? Um, the next thing um, is wanting to still move forward. I um, am such a fut futuristic thinker. I'm always thinking about how one thing will lead to another and where I'm trying to go in my trajectory, um, considering going back to school for a PhD, thinking about all of those things and what, like where I want to be, where I see myself. You know, you write your goals down. <laughs> uh, I write my prayers of like 
you know, letting the Lord, you know, um, order my steps, all those things and, uh, letting the universe, you know, create the chips where they need to fall and give me some clue because I also am just not a person that reads innuendos. Like I need clear, concise instructions, directions. So whoever it is that's leading my life, I'm going to need you to tell me <laughs> where am I going? What am I doing? And how I'm going to get there. Um, with the idea of like, this is what I need. This is what, um, I want. I want money. I want security. I want home. Uh, I want farm. I want <laughs> all these things. Now, will I get it? I don't know. But at the same time, um, when thinking about starting your healing journey, I was like, I still want to move forward. Like, I don't want to stall. I got shit to do. I'm in my, I'm heading in my thirties. At the time I was like, I'm supposed to start having a kid at 30. So like, how are we supposed to do this? When I realized that that wasn't a thing and that some of that stuff was going to be pushed back, some of that stuff was going to be taken off the list, I dropped. Like, I felt that that hurt a lot to put all that effort and energy into like thinking your life would be this one way. And when you start your healing journey, you realize that things take a significant shift, not just a little, but a significant shift. And it's, it's sad that counselors don't don't forewarn you because you start to see why you made those choices in the first place and then you then it becomes like well what else do I do now now that I see why I made these choices and I no longer want that I don't know where else to go from here like this is what the trajectory of my life was supposed to be I'm in counseling for upteenth months and now I'm like, I don't want that stuff anymore. This stuff doesn't matter. And now you don't know what to replace it with. And it just becomes this like disgust you feel for yourself of like, okay, now I'm fucking up. So not just the fact that I'm like dealing with everyone else's fuck up of like what they've been doing to me and how it's impacted me. And then like, you know, how these things have traumatized me and then led me to act in this one way. Now I am realizing that I am going to be responsible for what happens next. And I have no idea about like what that's supposed to look like and mean. And so um, that going back to that balance and then the being misunderstood, like all of that, it changes and it shifts. Um, the next thing, man, this journey is so fucking lonely. I deal with loneliness way more than I deal with anything else. Let me tell you, I can be in a room full of people and I immediately just want to cry because I feel like I am not seen. I feel like I am not here. I am not in my body. I am not, I'm just not something all the time. And when I want to cry, when I want to lash out, like folks don't, folks will never understand what I'm going through. And what's nice is when you find those people who understand what you're going through, you're like, okay, the great part about it is, yeah, I know I'm not alone, but you feel alone most of the time because these people can't be around you. And you also can't be talking about it with those people. Now, we can argue about that. However, I go back to the idea that um, you have to be mindful about like where and, and how you're sharing a lot of your journey because, you know, people, people are in different parts and sometimes you'll feel so behind. Sometimes they'll feel behind your relationship changes. It just becomes this mess that isn't necessary. So 
going back to that loneliness, it you you're going to feel like you have to be um, that it's you and your counselor that only knows what this looks like for you day to day. Like if I could write a book about how my loneliness just takes over, um, it's like this cloud and I befriend it because it is also making me stronger and it's making me resilient because if I can do this with the help of guidance and I've seen significant changes in me, then yeah, I can do anything at this point. I feel powerful. I feel um, invincible. And as I make change, as I create more challenges to address the trauma and the issues in my life, and I actually am succeeding with it, I feel like I'm giving myself these, these diamonds, these diamonds that are mine. And so part of it is managing it. And, and I wouldn't say be okay with it, but recognize it's part of it. It's part of being lonely. Um, I think the other piece is uh, you're now responsible. Uh, that that's that's hard. <laughs> um, anything else moving forward? Now that you are aware of what is happening, you're unpacking it and counseling. You're processing through it in your homework. You know, you may be reading a book that's helping you process it. Whatever you're using, you now have this responsibility on yourself. And that means what you do, what you say, how you are starts to impact your journey. You are going to disallow people to do a lot of different things. And sometimes you're going to fail at it. And then you're going to be really hard on yourself of like, I could have said that differently, or maybe they didn't take it well, or maybe it's my fault. And I let this stuff happen. You're going to go back and forth through, is this my fault or your fault or their fault, whatever. But you are responsible for what you do moving forward. So is that person allowed in your space? You are responsible for that. Part of that is forgiving yourself. So something I did not do when I first started that I wish I would have done to make my life a lot easier is learn about the power of, of forgiving oneself. I learned about forgiving other people before I learned about forgiving myself. That might have helped me uh, through some things a lot quicker <laughs> because um I think when you start to, and what I said in the earlier uh, episode prior to this one was the fact that, um, and I'm losing my train of thought, the fact of, you know, you're going to look at people very differently, the, your loved ones in particular, the ones that were supposed to love you a certain way, be with you a certain way, and they weren't able to operate on that. You're learning to love them in spite of what they've done. Um, and part of forgiving them is letting go. But you are still holding on to the things that you haven't let go. You're still um, not then forgiving yourself because you haven't let it go. Now, I am sensitive as hell. Like, I've gotten to a place where I acknowledge that. <laughs> that, you know, when things, when things um, come to me, they stick to me. And my counselor helped me reframe that to understand that I'm an empath. And so for every emotion that people bring to me because they feel safe, because they think of what they can do is not going to harm me in a certain way, but it does, I take it on and I carry it. And so then I didn't forgive myself for how I just operate. Like I can't help that I'm an empath. I can't help 
that um, these things stick to me and they record and they rewind and play constantly in my head of what folks have done to me that has led me to have this traumatic experience. And so um, forgiving myself is something I wish I would have started with because then that could in every moment of me unpacking every scenario, every issue in my life, I go back to, well, I didn't say something. I didn't speak up. I didn't hold them accountable. I didn't say things or do things in a certain way to make them stop. Like I didn't fill in the blank Um, because I always ended with that. I forgive them. And then I go straight to, it's my fault. And how could I not do that again? And so then I overcompensate in my new relationships to cause them to not do those certain things when that's probably what they, they weren't coming in, into my life for that reason anyway. But I was looking at everybody like that because I didn't forgive myself for things that I didn't have control over in the first place. I was a child. I didn't know. I wasn't supposed to know. Right. Like, um, and I feel like all of that matters. So to rewind, um, Things that don't stop is this this idea of being misunderstood. You're always going to feel misunderstood. You're always going to feel this imbalance of your responsibilities and trying to start your journey. You are going to want to keep moving forward, but you're still going to feel stagnant because you're looking at your history while you're still living your life. You're going to have to manage loneliness um, and you're going to have to understand what what responsibility you have for yourself moving forward and how to own that and embrace it and not feel like it's a burden. And the last thing again is thinking about forgiving yourself. So what can you do? What can you do in the moments when you're starting is understand that you're going to have to deal with things moment by moment, moment at a time, one at a time, you're going to have to deal with them moment by moment and not feeling like you have to unpack 30 years of your life in a session Pick a thing, pick pick something that is constantly going over. If you're like, I feel like I have really bad relationships. Okay, let's start there. Talk with your counselor about that. Whatever you feel is most constant for you, start there. Because all of it is going to filter anyway. You're going to start, you're going to end up where you're supposed to be and understanding why things have happened up to this point the way that they have. Also to work with your counselor on helping you do some reframing exercises. And so instead of saying, I'm dumb, I'm stupid, these things are my fault. But like I, what I liked about what my counselor did was helping me to uh, write down all the negative things I say about myself or I think about myself and help me reframe it when it comes up. It's an exercise. Remember, your brain is a muscle. Your brain is a muscle. And so if you aren't working it out, and constantly reminding yourself, hey, this is what I need to think about myself, you're not going to do it. So the times when those those terrible, cloudy, dark, deep, depressive moments come, you haven't worked your brain out to have a, have a different reaction to it. And it gets easier the more you use it, I promise you. The other thing, again, is forgiving yourself. You don't have to justify anything. Forgive yourself. Forgive. Did you hear me? forgive yourself. <laughs> like I'm being serious. Forgive yourself. Um, you did the best you can for what you know, with what you knew. And even if you feel like you probably knew, you still didn't do anything differently. So you didn't, you didn't. 
And those things that happened to you in your childhood, you didn't deserve that. There was nothing you could have done differently. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Um, the next big thing I'll be honest with you is uh, you can communicate all you want to, but don't expect that to happen for with other people. So say you're living with your partner. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, I used to be like, all right, well, I'm going to tell you how I feel um, in this moment. You don't have to do anything about it, but I just want to let you know. And I expected him to do the same thing. And, and we would just get into fights about it because I would just have this expectation that he was on the same page as me of like, let's communicate. Let's be on the same page about what's happening today. Do I need space? Do I not? What am I actually mad about? I was like having a, a large expectation for, for him to do the same thing. And that's just not where people are. So if you're having people very close to you that are in your space constantly while you're trying to heal, do not project the idea that they are going to be able to work with you all the time. It goes back to the idea of loneliness. Um, and so be patient, be understanding. Um, something you can do is if you feel comfortable sharing and it's not because, you know, they are, you know, worried out of their own insecurity about what you're saying in your counseling session. But if you truly can feel supported by this person, maybe you do talk about what you shared with reason, right? You don't have to share everything about what you shared in your counseling session, but just kind of give them a context for why you're asking certain things. And you'll start to realize like that, that, that expectation will change. It will shift. It'll go away. Like, don't feel like you have to be married to it. It's just a right now thing. Um, and so think about those larger expectations. Uh, work with your counselor counselor on determining needs throughout the process. So back to that homework thing, that reframing, that's one of them. So what is it that you're needing throughout the process? You won't know all, all the time, but as things come up, write them down. Put them in your phone so when you go back to your session the next time, you know exactly what it is that you uh, were thinking at, thinking afterwards. You don't have to recall it, right? So if that means you're starting your session off with, this is kind of what I did um, this past week. Um, these are things that came up for me. Can we unpack them before we get back to processing my trauma? Whatever you feel would make sense for you. And the last thing is people hate homework, um, but you're going to have it. <laughs> FYI. You don't just go to counseling and like you talk to a person and you do nothing until the next week or the next day. Like you, if you feel going to counseling is just having a stranger listen to you, you are wasting your time and your money. That person is supposed to be giving you tools that you then do at home. That is the best counseling method I have seen so far with myself. Um, I know that others work in different ways. But I'm saying if you feel like you aren't getting tools, then I feel you are probably doing it wrong. If you have not thought about how to be a better reflector, if you haven't given, get, uh, gotten any worksheets or any reading material, like always ask, find out if there's something that you were missing and then go from there. But I'm, I'm being serious. Like I, it, there's homework um, and there's not homework every day or every time you go, but Recognize that there's some things you have to do. So, um, yeah, take things moment by moment. Do some reframing exercises. Forgive yourself. Communicate, but don't have the expectation that that will be reciprocated. Um, work with your counselor on themes. 
um, and needs for those themes throughout your process and recognizing that homework is, is, is good. Homework is okay to have. Um, so I hope this session was helpful for you again when you're ready, but everything else isn't. And how do I even address some of those things? Hopefully you took something from this process, but again, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Love y'all and keep going. You can do this. I promise you, you can do this. It is awful um, and beautiful at the same time. And I promise you will feel, you feel amazing on the other side because now you don't have to pass this on to whomever. If you decide to have kids, like you have to pass this on. Like it, it can it can die with you and you get to move forward and be a light for other people. Um, and I know that's what we all want. As women of color, that's what we're socialized and designed to be. And so let's not pass our trauma, let's pass light. Let's pass love. Like let's pass all of those things, not, not this stuff. This nasty, icky stuff that has happened to us. So, again, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Thank you for listening to Being Olivia. Subscribe via SoundCloud and check us out on Instagram at being underscore Olivia. As always, be true to yourself and live your best life. Thank you all for listening to another episode of Being Olivia. If you like these episodes and you want to hear more, get connected through J Olive Wellness on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, and I look forward to seeing you all next time on Being Olivia.